Okay, next up, we have Blair Way, the CEO of Patriot Battery Metals, which has helped put Quebec uh, back on the map as the uh, pretty much the hottest sub-theme within the, the broader lithium theme. Uh, but unlike many of the kind of crocodile Dundee Aussies that um, are traipsing around Quebec and Ontario, Blair is actually Canadian. But uh, Blair, can you just give us a little bit about your background? Because you're, you're a great story, major discovery. You've attracted Ken Brinsden, who's a lithium legend. And uh, but you're brand new, you know, to many of our viewers. So what's your background before this for being in Patriot? And how did Patriot just kind of like out of nowhere make, you know, you're now a unicorn, right? And the beauty of you know, Joe Battery Pack and, and followers of us and the Lithium Scoreboard is that, you know, just you don't have to be an institutional investor. If you pay attention, go long with Tesla's short. But there are 12, 10 or 12 companies that have become dollar unicorns over the last few years on the scoreboard. And there are plenty of others that are in the 20 million market cap, 30 million, 40 million where you were. You weren't even on the scoreboard last year, but out of nowhere, make a discovery and overnight, you know, within a few months, you know, are now unicorns. So a little bit about your background and a little bit specifically on what happened here at Patriot. And then from here, of course, you're going to try to convince us like, you know, Pilbara has gone from zero to 15 billion market cap or so in five years, you're at a billion with that long lead in. Take it away, Blair. Thanks very much. Happy to hear a bit of background. So I grew up in Nova Scotia, studied geology at Acadia University, um, started out in the oil patch exploration because that was where where the jobs were at that time. And um, then the oil patch dried up. So I ended up moving into construction and ended up moving to Australia because there was opportunities to, to, to build some pretty interesting projects. So I ended up in Queensland, Australia and worked for a lot of the majors in Australia worked with a number of different companies working from the majors for probably the first 20 odd years and then the last 10 to 15 years with mid-tier and then into junior so the last eight to ten years i've been really 10 years i've been in the battery material space building projects i've built zinc refineries magnesium refineries or parts of magnesium refineries copper and nickel mines later in my career i decided to to explore some of the challenges in the juniors and was involved with the graphite and that was an interesting introduction to the battery space and then during that time i also became more familiar with lithium one of the companies that i actually had some involvement with in, in many years ago almost 12 years ago was this company and i knew some of the directors and the ceo and they reached out and asked if i could help and it was COVID. i wasn't that busy and i said sure let's, let's take a look at the assets and darren smith and i spent a bit of time going through the properties and this particular property the corvette it was called the corvette fci property at the time had originally been staked in that early lithium time one of the first or second lithium surges or bubbles shall we call it back in uh, 2016 2017 it was acquired and staked for lithium it was not a property that just fell into our lap it had been defined through you know investigation really and and a couple of the geos identify line in a report that referred to spodumene so um but yeah that was back in 2017 and there was a very brief program about five or six days due to lack of funding but we managed to find a path we raised a modest amount of money we did a 3.7 million dollar financing 
in uh, June of 21, and the drilling yielded some fantastic results. We've really made a lot of headway in 12 months. It's been a busy year. We've been working away to, to, to prove the value of this property, but we still have a 50-kilometer trend of which we've only drilled three and a half, so we believe there's still a lot yet to be discovered on that 50-kilometer trend. Okay, great. You know, you're well on your way to delineating what could become one of the largest hard rock, you know, lithium discoveries in Canada. Like, when are you planning to kind of cut off and and release a, a maiden mineral resource estimate? It's a great question, and it's also one that comes up regularly. We we are targeting June for our maiden resource. We have five rigs on the ground. We're we're the goal is or the target is is we will have an inferred resource by the end of June this year. Okay, great. Um, it's a highly prospective region. I mean, you still, as you said, have an enor- enormous amount of ground that you have not yet explored. So right now, CV5 is the focus, but also CV13. There seem to be a lot of additional pegmatite outcrops there. Uh, what's your plan for exploration, you know, there, you know, and at what point, you know, does it make sense to pivot away from drilling and just like, you know, aggressively just pursue getting into production? So this is a probably a good point to segue into one of the things that we believe makes uh, Patriots stand out, and it is scale. And the reason that's important is if you identify 20 or 30 million tons, that's great. But really, for it to mean something, it needs to be a larger scale. And the reason for that is whatever we want to think we are, we're miners, and we're going to produce a very simple concentrate, a spodumene concentrate. That spodumene concentrate is fed to a chemical plant. Those chemical plants don't like to be upset by multiple feeds from multiple facilities. So why scale is important is because the people that are building these $3 billion chemical plants that are going to produce 100,000 tons of spodumene concentrate to feed into the oil plants and the battery plants, they need a consistent feed. They want to build that plant and know that plant is going to run, that chemical plant is operate for 10 or 20 years from a consistent field. So that's what we believe we define at CB5 is something that can equate to about 20 years life of mine for for a $3 billion chemical plant that's producing 100,000 tons per annum of spodumene concentrate. So CB5 can serve one customer. So we still have a great deal of drilling to do. So we will advance CB5 and we'll we'll find a path and define that path for CB5. However, we're not gonna stop drilling. This is 50 kilometers of trend. We have multiple outcrops that are even clusters of outcrops that deserve to be drilled. Even if one of those clusters was sitting on one company's property, it has the potential to be another CV5. We believe this is is connected. And if it's connected, we've got something that's quite significant that is the geology delivering it. What we identified at CV13, even though the market hasn't really picked up on it, is another discovery. We've still got a number of clusters in the area that we put boots on the ground that could be multiples of CV5, but we have to drill it to be sure and identify. But the geology tells us there's a very high probability that there is some interconnectivity amongst these outcrops. There are many other geology plays, but all of this is driven by geology. There's opportunities to find 10 or 20 million tons at multiple locations, but it doesn't really demonstrate the economics you need with the scale that what we've identified at, at the Corvette property. I believe there are more Corvette properties in Quebec. We're very fortunate that the CV5 quarter, that, that, that is this greenstone belt that is host to this bank intrusive body that appears and continues to demonstrate a very rich spodumene mineralization, doesn't mean the next greenstone belt has it. It could, 
but it really comes down to the source rocks. And the question comes up, well, what about you guys? You've run your course, you, you know, your billion and a half dollars. Well, I, I often reference things like Boise Bay. A lot of North Americans are familiar with nickel. Obviously, this is lithium, but lithium is the new nickel, you could argue. People should look in the history books and see how Boise Bay ran. Boise Bay ran up to, I think it was a four billion market cap in the late in the late 90s on a drilling only. Massive deposit, massive significance for the nickel space. So we still will continue to drill this amazing property and define as much as we can with the drill bit. But there has been a lot, some speculation that, you know, you've taken longer to kind of come out with a mineral resource estimate because, you know, you're you're, you're dressing it up for, let's say, a sale or, or a bidding war in a similar way to Voices Bay. How do you respond to that? Um, absolutely. There's always majors kicking around. People have come and look at us. And, I mean, that's what you do. But at the end of the day, if you look at the track record of majors specifically, they like to have, you know, substance to... Uh, to the underlying asset. But at the end of the day, what we really were chasing is demonstrating scale. We could have easily put out a resource of 30 or 40 million tons, but we don't see the value in the value. And this is not about dressing it up. It's about defining a business model. Defining the business model is back to this scale. And if you look at the successful lithium stories in Western Australia, they have the scale. And that's really part of what we're we're it defines us as a business so this thing just keeps delivering and we see the scale beyond that now what we have here in in north america is this opportunity with the scale of what we have at patriot with the corvette property is that it could feed multiple chemical plants you know throughout north america to help accommodate this massive demand for for raw materials and the and the ev revolution if we'll call it that um, Europe also has the same pickle. They need a lot of material and they don't really have any material in Europe or very small, difficult to mine, inefficient uh, properties. So what we have here is something that we believe can be taken. And, and to, as you can well imagine, Ken Brinson's experiences is huge to us to, to have knowledge of taking essentially a, you know, a discovery like what we have at Corvette and turning it into a production facility and ultimately a, a 15 billion Aussie company. Um, what we have here, we think we have something along those same lines could even be better for arguments sake, given that it's in North America and this new market. But we have to continue to drill to demonstrate it and also demonstrate that it's feasible. So that's why we've got the multiple aspects to our business now. CV5 pre-feasibility study and permitting, but meanwhile drilling out the targets we identify, but also looking for more targets. It's no guarantee that we drilled the best part first. We may have still got something more significant elsewhere on the property, but certainly we're very happy with what we have at CB5. And if we find a couple more of those, that would be fantastic. And so we still have a lot laying ahead of us with that 50 kilometer trend yet to be really drilled. Okay, that's great. The other thing was you mentioned you drilled, you know, on one side of the lake and then you drilled on the other side of the lake. So the question of a lake comes up, you know, reasonably frequently when I'm talking to investors, because anytime there's water, you know, from a permitting perspective, that question comes up mostly here in Australia, because it's, you know, even though North Americans aren't that familiar with what a successful lithium story looks like, they're aware of what most mines in Canada have, and there's a lake beside it, under it, around it, associated with it. So it is a very clearly defined path 
to uh, to permit draining of a lake to access the deposit. Our ESG team, is, as I have mentioned, are on the ground and very familiar ex-Cisco uh, personnel. Um, they permitted projects with much more significant lakes than what, we're the, what we have. It is a shallow glacial lake, and you know certainly we've done early piece, uh, fish species monitoring and identification, uh, habitat identification. There doesn't appear to be any sort of underlying, you know, flags with the with the lake. It's it's relatively shallow, on average around a couple meters deep. The eastern portion of it is a little bit deeper. We we done bathymetry on the lake, and that's one of the reasons we're drilling primarily towards the east now, so we can define how far up. How far up the lake does the does the deposit go, um, and then that allow us to do the engineering to define what actually has to happen with respect to draining the lake to access the deposit. But it is a very clear path. It is federal. It's a, with the DFO, Departments of Fisheries and Oceans. Um, it's a well defined path. It's been done many times in Quebec, but also elsewhere in Canada, being that it's a federal a federal regulate regulation that we're working to, and and we're confident that we can find a path to to permit or you know, to drain and to access the deposit. The other thing to keep in mind, there are other parts of the property that do not have a lake. And it's it is not inconceivable or certainly possible that maybe CB13 is the area where we start mining first. Um, again, these are we're only really just over a year into drilling. This time last year we just commenced our winter drill program or you know we were a few weeks into it. Uh, this year we're already weeks, you know, multiple or two months into the drill program. We've drilled a significant amount of meters, as you can imagine, with the five rigs that are going now. So, you know, we we have an opportunity to continue down the path for CB5 and take that forward. We believe it can be permitted in a timely manner with respect to draining the lake and all other aspects of, of permitting it. As I mentioned earlier, we don't know for sure we've drilled the best part yet. We just need to keep drilling. And it, it's been my mantra from the beginning, and some people may be getting tired of it, but it it really is. We need to drill, drill, and drill. And that's part of the financing that we just did. That's all flow through, charity flow through. That money can only be spent on drilling. That's all it's for. We can't spend it on feasibility, pre-feasibility, environmental monitoring, anything. So the reason we top treasury up is so that we know that we can continue to drill and drill as fast and as efficiently as we can. 